OSPO is all about connection with your customers and your team. But what if your tools could also connect? That's where Square comes in. Square for restaurants connects your front of house to your back of house, your team to their schedules, and connects new revenue streams with your marketing to reach new customers. Whether you have one location or many, Square has everything your business needs to connect your vision to reality. Learn more by visiting square.com slash restaurants. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning to this episode. Principle of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight-talking, ethically-minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now is today's program. We're super excited to have two amazing guests, Howan Chewy, a renowned restaurateur, and Chef Chase Kojima, the executive chef of Soko at The Star, who have partnered to create Senpai Empire. The two culinary masterminds have been making waves in the Australian hospitality scene and have a lot to share about pivoting their brands, innovation, and adapting to change in the industry. Welcome, Howen and Chase. All right, guys. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Now, you two have partnered to create Senpai Empire. Could you share the story of how you both met and how you're inspired to work together. Howin, if I could start with you, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, me and Chase actually met when we were both having something associated with the star. So I'd ha- I ran nightclubs and then he had businesses. Obviously he was he's still executive chef for So we met there and internet friends. <laughs> and then during COVID, we both started our new venture. So my one was Calvin Cafe. And his one was Simulation Senpai. And we both started off really good, but then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, we just started to talk about how each other's hustle can be from deliveries to to obviously marketing to different people. And obviously during that time, we couldn't even get out of the house, right? So we had to think of how to actually get the food into other suburbs and market it to people. So it was just like a, like an industry people having a chat over Instagram. Yes. And we just gave each other a lot of ideas and it was genuine ideas. And then we became better friends. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Chase? Like when you guys started talking through Instagram and that kind of stuff, like how did you feel about joining forces and working together? Okay. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an American coming from California. I traveled around the world, finally landed to Sydney and I love Sydney so much. I was the executive chef as even now for over 11, 12 years now. And, and then we had a nightclub called Marquee and OPM and... I'm not a nightclub person. When I first time met Howen, like I just felt quite shy because I just don't know partying at nighttime. I just work. So I knew who he was. I think he knew who I was and they would order food for their VIP DJs and 
they would come so late and honestly i didn't have a good <laughs> vibe for nightclub people because they get what they get but they perform and my partner at the time would never let me go to club but anyways you know we knew each other for many years but we never actually like we respected each other that's it we weren't like friends yet and then i i during covid i opened a takeaway business to help support my staff but also myself we were all bored during covid because restaurants are all closed we can't work but if it was takeaway we're allowed to you know so then i just made a brand called simulation senpai and i could talk about it later but it was doing fantastically well during covid and then same thing with howen with his takeaway business it wasn't a takeaway business it was a restaurant business and then covid hit so they pivoted really fast and i saw his hustle driving he was so smart like he would say hey i'm coming on i'm going to burwood area next day i'm going to this area start sending your orders and then they'll get everyone's food in one or two cars and they'll drive out and get it to them in within an hour and then it's like restaurant food and we were chatting already because my my takeaway was absolutely doing well and it was also very photogenic so people with instagram and people's only doing social media cuz they're just stuck in the house so like we i think we were a very big hype but how and and his whole marketing strategy he started to teach me and he was very generous and he was giving me a lot of tips and what we should do and i feel like i, I never did a takeaway business before i'm a fine dining focused chef but I was like man this guy's actually really nice and then after covid stopped he invited me to his club and then covid happened again but then now I'm addicted to the club no I'm just kidding but we had like almost three waves of covid so we're just like when the second wave came we already knew what we were going to do but better a lot of people copied us but that's fantastic everyone's on survival mode and then now covid finished I don't do the takeaway business now but how when hey let's partner up we work really well together and it was true like howen is like a shotgun when he starts to speak he just starts to like so many ideas in one hour one hour he'll have 100 ideas and i'm just like oh shit all right which one are we going to do and then we would bounce out b- bounce back ideas and then now we he gives me all this inspiration of he motivates me but also he helps me find what i'm good at you said do you're not good at that why are you fucking doing that do what you said that you say i said what you're good at <laughs> no so example is instagram story i'll be cleaning my walk-in my walk-in because the motor of the walk-in froze up so then and then i would be doing it and then i would break it and then all kinds of emergency things happens And then he's like, "Why are you doing that? Just pay someone 200 bucks and get it done." And then I guess like when I see him work and he's very chilled and in control, and never gets angry. Whereas me, I try to micromanage, I do everything and I'm always angry. Like I think I'm starting to learn to work a lot better efficiently by finding talent, finding what they're good at, let them fly with what they're good at and I also try to do what I am good at and stop doing what I don't want to do in a way. And yeah, that's why like we're super good friends now and 
also I think we are very good business partners. Helene, can I extend on that? Because the thing I love when I get partners on the podcast is really to talk about their journey and how they connect and just listening to Chase there about how you both are very different personality-wise. Like, how do you, especially that sort of higher level where you're thinking about a lot of ideas really quickly, how are you making sure you're balancing out each other's energy to make sure you get a really positive result like you're getting right now? Obviously, because I came from a nightclub background and everything was really fast-paced. There's one thing, obviously, in the show business and the entertainment business is the show must go on, right? So no matter what happens, the show must go on. So we need to go, okay, cool. What is risk management side of stuff? Okay, if something happens, what's the worst-case scenario? And even if something bad happens, what can we get the most out of it? Because sometimes things that happen bad doesn't mean it's bad because it's an experience and also you learn from that and you adapt to the next problem and for small businesses like this especially restaurants every day is a problem solving game so you just have to adapt and as i said like i'm i used to be an angry person as well but i just guess i have to chill because right now i deal with a lot of staff i deal with a lot of partners i deal with a lot of suppliers and if everyone's angry there's no problem solved so one of the best things I think between the chemistry of me and Chase is we have that chemistry that firstly touch wood we haven't actually had any arguments before and we actually respect each other's yeah value and morals and also vision because whatever I say he'll go yep let's try it he'll never say nah that's uh, we're never a no person no man to each other so even it might be something stupid or crazy we'll both agree and try it and trying it doesn't we don't lose much a little bit of time but at least we get something out of it i guess that's the chemistry between how we've been working together and uh, for people who haven't experienced what you guys are doing before like how would you explain what you're doing firstly i'm grateful to have one of the best chefs in australia to be my partner so that's one thing that i'm like wow it's a dream come true for me because for a lot of people, it's very hard to get good resources. There's, you can find a great chef, but if you guys don't blend in, there's a lot of things you can't do. So <clears throat> for us, what we're doing is obviously trying to not change the game, but trying to create a brand where it's a fun, casual dining way, but by a premium quality chef with quality food mm. so that's why the senpai concept is coming up mm. because we don't want to be stuck at one particular thing because obviously at the beginning we had a pop-up called senpai ramen and then when i go chase i go one of the things that i got attracted by your food was the burgers the sushi all this stuff that he's tried and having our name as senpai ramen has restricted us doing things so instead of looking at one particular brand, we are re, I'm rebranding the whole thing as Senpai, which is obviously meaning the mentor or the master. And then under Senpai, there is different brands like the Senpai Simulation, Senpai Ramen, now Senpai Burgers. And then we have Senpai Handle and Sushi coming up. And then he's got the Senpai like, like steaks and all that stuff coming out as well. So we can master the best out of the best from the menu and put it on mm. to that Senpai store. And the thing is, as coming from a marketing background, I have things coming up every day to market. 
it's something fresh, something fun. Right now, it's all about social media. It's all about Instagram. It's all about presentation. And you can't, obviously not you can't, but some people obviously master it and they can just sell one product for 10 years. But I do see the trend of being having every day, having something to market and having something fun to make a video and content. It just makes the whole team motivated. Like. Our whole team is all on to this Senpai Burger right now. And we've created the hype. All these videos that we've been doing have been getting more than 15Ks views. And it's really fun to see that long lines when we actually created. And that day, there's long lines, people waiting to come in and try the food. Yeah, I think the, we've done it and we're going to do it again. So that's what we want to do. Keep going with new things. And as I said, even for Ch- Chase himself, it's fun to create something that people haven't done. Like his rice burger, is, I don't think anyone has done it better Yeah. in Australia. So that's definitely something everyone is looking forward to try again. Yeah. Chase, can we understand a bit more about how you develop these menus and ideas? Is it something that you both talk about together about what you think could pop through as a menu item and then you work on that? Or is it menu first and then marketing second? First of all, as a, I traveled around the world opening Nobu and duplicating Nobu. But before I got that position, I was more like on the creative and the omakase side where we are allowed as professional chefs to create our own creations, but using the base Nobu principles. And it was really hard because a lot of the things that I will try to make, it will be declined just because it doesn't follow the principle. Even if it looks beautiful or delicious, it just didn't matter. So that actually taught me how to adapt to certain um, restrictions. And then it's almost like I'm playing pickleball and you can't like swing your hardest because it's going to go out. You have to control your shot. You have to control your recipes and your sauces. You have multiple shareholders. You have multiple bosses. So I started to understand what they like. And then I started to expand what they potentially can do because they see things that they never seen before. And it's still Nobu brand. And then because of that, I was able to travel even more to meet other people and Nobu's like a super international brand and shit, I don't even know why I'm promoting Nobu so much right now. <laughs> like I had, like it's a winning formula and that is why a lot of the high-end hotels once now, I was super grateful and lucky to get headhunted from the star and I was able to open my first, my own restaurant. It's like Tokyo meets Sydney. So you spell out Tokyo and you take off the T and put the Sydney S. That was the, the start of it. Nice. And now I'm free. Now I'm free. I can do anything. Actually, no. I'm American. I'm in Australia. I need to get respected first because I was like, I'm trying to be humble. But at the same time, Australian people probably doesn't like American as much as obviously they like Australians. And I get that. Mm. And it's very easy for American to just get to easily talk about themselves or talk about how great, how America is and stuff like that. So I really tried to adapt. I spent many months in dining out, meeting suppliers, actually going to the suppliers, let's say Tasmania, and I'll go meet the fishermen or I'll go to Victoria, go see uh, the farms and like 
I did a lot of that and eat it. And that's when I started to develop the food menu where what do they like to eat? What do the suppliers want to see? What does the customers want to see? Because it's completely different to compare to America or like in, around the world. Mm -hmm. Like when I opened a restaurant in Dubai, when we designed the kitchen, <laughs> usually the patient's kitchen will be quite like, and then like savory will be like, let's say 90% of the kitchen. And then Dubai, everyone loves sweets. So every single person orders desserts. The pastry section's like completely fucked because like it's too small and there's no way they can handle it with that size of kitchen. So that's my fault. That's my bad. We didn't do enough of the research. But so again, like when it gets to creation or creativity, lucky that I don't have allergies. And I'm lucky that I traveled a lot when I'm young. I try to just incorporate everything that I ate from when I was young to, to an adult. And actually my dad is a chef and he had his restaurant in San Francisco. He opened it when he was 26. It was one of the best Japanese restaurants during that era from 1982 to, I don't know, like 20 years or, uh, sorry, 20 years plus. Always top 100 in the area. But anyways, like, Every Sunday, Monday, we would be closed and we would be invited to go to other restaurants because our restaurant was always open till 4 a.m. So a lot of the similar industry people, like the chefs or the restaurateurs or entrepreneurs, they would come to my dad's restaurant and we would serve them. Mm. And this is like the best restaurant. And also we were, and then they would drink, so they would talk to us and they would invite us. And that's why we would go to these restaurants on a Sunday and then on a Monday, we will be creating new dishes together. And then on Tuesday, we'll be selling it. And I'm like 11, 12, 13, you know what I mean? So like, it was already a natural thing that we need to keep creating. We need to always be innovating. Like in, in Japanese cuisine, it's all about keeping it authentic and trying to master the, try to master the perfection of the authentic style. But there's no way you can beat a 60-year-old when you're 15. They've been doing it for the last 40 years. Yeah. So, but again, we were in America, so there's no rules. Like, our customers are Americans. So mm. But because I love how Japanese people are and I love how they respect us so much, so when I open Sokyo, I'm focusing on, I'm trying to make something unique, Australian produce, Japanese techniques and flavors, but I want to make sure that even the Japanese people will love it. So mm -hmm. it was really hard. Like I could make something fucking stupid and it would sell, but then I don't have that pride or the the respect from the Japanese and that's not good enough for me. So I'll just spend more and more time thinking about it. And I think again, same with Howen, like he comes up with all these great ideas because he's, he's always on his social and seeing so many cool things. Just every single thing on social is basically marketing, right? Everyone's like, they're naturally just marketing. Mm -hmm. And the same with me, I'm always looking at food. I'm always eating food and I could never, and this is the one bad part about me is I could never just go to a great restaurant and just enjoy, I never. I'm there thinking about how to make it better or, oh shit, that's so good, how did I make it? And I, every single time I'm eating out, I'm working. Not too bad for me, but, but yeah, like I, I know that I'm, Howen says I am the master of sauces, and I didn't know that until he told me. And I'm just like, oh shit, you're right. I could make anything taste good. That's pretty cool. So, 
It's very yeah, cool. Like, yeah. yeah, no, it's cool because I know that I'm good at certain things, mm. but then when he explains it, like you're good at this or you're good at that, and then you start to think about it, and like, oh shit, oh yeah, okay, oh wow, he's right. And until he told me, I didn't know. That's it's, just, and then that's how the whole senpai, senpai concepts works. Like he, we talked him. All right, this is a great idea. It, mm. it might actually kill it. And now it obviously is. <laughs> No, we want to, we want to kill them right now. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. If I can, if I can go back to you, obviously you guys are building these multi-sensory, amazing, unique spaces. How are you guys balancing the new needs of marketing and excitement that needs to happen, but still staying true to the the authenticness that you want to create in the brand obviously chase was saying that as he was speaking there the authenticity that he wants to keep hold how do you balance that with how we're talking to customers now in the hospitality industry for the food part definitely obviously the chef plays the bigger part i would just for me i would just find the right glassware utensils or whatever it is to make it more nostalgic. For example, my Kowloon Cafe, I we play a big part where the renovations gives you the vibe of entering to Hong Kong already. So <clears throat> instead of just the food, obviously the music, the playlist that we have, and then obviously even from the cups to the plates, and obviously, yeah, and then obviously go back to the food as well. We try to definitely come up with cool things. Like, for example, my French toast. The authentic way of eating a French toast in Hong Kong is peanut butter inside and condensed milk outside. But obviously, we want to have more flavors. And when we want to tweak that, okay, cool. I'm like, what flavors can we add on? To be honest, it's not like some something crazy or something that no one has done. But I'm like, let's get some Australian flavors. Cool. What are we? What are this? Cool. We went, then we go, okay, Nutella. Nutella is Aussie, very yeah. Aussie. Mm. And just gives that a little bit of an East meet the West thing. Yep. And that worked. People liked it. Oh, okay, cool. But obviously, when it goes back to authenticity, they will go back to the peanut butter. Mm. But then they'll try the Nutella. It's like also like seasonal stuff they want to put in. But yeah, as I said, mostly is obviously done by the chef. But all we can do from the outside or marketing side is number one, leave a little bit of imagination, obviously for the renovations. And then obviously for the marketing, we'll leave some fun stuff. For example, we'll have someone screaming in Cantonese or something, or someone talking in Japanese, but also having the English on the bottom to, to look at it. Like I think right now, especially with all these K-pop and all these K Korean stuff and also even Japanese stuff, people, are happy to look at look at and watch TV or with just with listening to the original language, right? So that part also gives the authenticity where we can use our own language to to talk about the food and obviously having subtitles on the bottom. But that that that's fine now. Like <clears throat> ten years ago, it might not be as good, but right now people are adapting to that, looking into subtitles and understanding the language and understanding the culture a little bit more. Because some people always say, oh, Chinese people seem like they're always screaming, but they're actually saying a word that might be a little bit more angry when you see it, when you hear it, but they're actually talking about the menu or something. So yeah, basic stuff like that, as I said, like from our end, but at the end of the day, it's all about the chef. So if he goes, yep, we can do it, then yeah. So the food makes, makes a lot of the differences. 
Also asking, is it a challenge to brand and continue to brand and continue to be innovative, especially when you're building out these new extensions of what's Empire? Is it, or is it now easier than you now have created this base and it's just a new product, a new product and how to market it? For me, because I just feel it is an easier way. Like I, I've seen restaurants that have, as I said, sell one product and they've sold it for the last 10, 20 years mm. and go, but that's one in a million of these shops. But all the other shops that actually go, all the other restaurants that are doing well, they will have specials and they will have something innovative because obviously right now this world's, I think like even for content, like for example, I hate reading books, but I also like listening to books. So obviously there's, there's these apps like Blinkist or whatever, they read the books to you in seven minutes, Yeah. but you still get educated. So you're, Time, lifespan on your concentrated focus span is really short. Even for food sometimes, people are like, okay, I've had this for 20 times, I love it. But if this restaurant is doing something else, I would also want to try it. So for this concept, it gives us the, it gives us a leverage on, we can, the imagination can go crazy. We can do a lot of things. Like we can start like doing Japanese tacos. Like <clears throat> this is something that obviously it's more Mexican, but you've seen a lot of Japanese restaurant with tacos. And now that you see, and also to be honest, a lot of fine dining restaurant has a lot of sashimi. Sashimi was not a big thing 10, 10 15 years ago, especially in the Western market. But now kingfish seems like it's a dish that you can see everywhere, right? Yep. So yep. it doesn't matter if you're in a French restaurant or an Italian restaurant, you have kingfish sashimi as an entree. So <clears throat> that's why everyone's adapting to everyone. So I think that's, the fine fun part that we can keep going on with this senpai concept is imagination has no barrier chase and we just don't have to stop sorry howen i'll add that in don't worry (laughs) chase uh, as we look the hospitality industry of the future like how are you making sure that you're staying ahead of the trends in food and what do you see as coming through in the next couple of years can you look that far ahead i think over the years you're starting to understand patterns, but also you also start to understand that if you're focused on what you are doing and what your team is doing, and you focus on making sure that you you are being efficient and doing your best, then I would never worry about if someone come and be like someone that that's gonna maybe be our rival. It just there's always going to be restaurants and it's like a it's like a song in a way where it doesn't matter if there's other better songs or if there is a song that's very similar like people sorry maybe my example was shit basically we're going to focus on what we're doing and not try to get disturbed by our rivals our competitors but that is more of a howan's job he'll come he'll go out he, he dines out a lot, and he'll come back and say, hey, Chase, look at this. Hey, Chase, look at that. Hey, did you see my Instagram message? Uh, did you see my WhatsApp message? I'm just like, fuck. He's doing all the whole hard work for me. Mm-hmm. He's already filtering everything, sensing it to me. I don't even have to go eat over there. I already know. <laughs> I actually hate going out all the time. So I just save it for the anniversaries and the birthdays and the day that I screw up, and then I just have to take them out. But, yeah, like, just I love watching what other people do, but I'm not looking at it like, 
oh shit, they're kicking ass. We have to hurry, or we need to do this, or we need to do that. I, I don't mind. I don't mind riding on the trend. I don't mind not riding on the trend. I I love all the good and the stupid ideas that Howen give me. And like I said, or like what he said, can we try this? And I'm just like, okay, we can try and just check it off that we tried. So then we never have to fucking try again. Like, I love these type of things. Can we try to put ketchup on a sushi? He didn't say that, but I'll be like, I'll be like, no. If it's a normal sushi chef or any chef, they'll be like, no way. Are you stupid? We're never going to do that. But if I ask that chef again, I say, hey, dude, did you actually try it before, though? And they'll be like, no, of course not. We don't have to try it. shit. Okay, you never tried it, so you actually don't know how it tastes. <laughs> and you know what? I'm, it's funny, but, like, one of the rice burgers that I have that's sashimi, that's kingfish that's coming later, I actually put ketchup in there. Yeah, I, right. actually, I actually put ketchup in there. Like, it's one of my secret ingredients. And you know what? These people who think they're too good to not try what tastes shit, those are the weaker chefs because I tried every single stupid idea that people give me. And yes, it does taste like shit. Most of it. Let's say 99%. But it's mm. checked off. I tried it before. I am one of the only ones who actually tried it. Checked off. We're never going to fucking do it again. But I did try it. But when you know physically and you said you tried it, that's way more than I think it's going to taste like shit because I am such a good chef. I don't need to try that. That That is like, of course, Howen or whoever our future partners or they'll give us fantastic and bad ideas. Bad idea meaning we're a chef or we're on the cooking side. We will never even think about that. But look, these guys are amazingly talented, super smart. Like when I'm talking to Howen about marketing, I think he's a genius. But this genius person is asking this really weird question to try, I'm gonna I'm gonna always respect it. Like he he comes up with the craziest ideas and the questions, and then I go, wait, this guy's not stupid. This guy's actually genius. Might actually have something going here. And then you try it, and then oh my god, this is disgusting. But <laughs> we learn something. We really learn something. And I love learning. I love it is a pain in the ass to try things. And I think a lot of the chefs will be lazy. I worked 30 years. I know this is tasting like shit. Like, I'm not going to try it. Mm. But I'm more like every day I'm learning. I'm, every day I'm learning about food. Every day I'm learning about marketing. I'm, every day I'm learning how to become a better leader or a better entrepreneur. And I think that's a good mindset to have. What I'm hearing from you both in today's podcast is, is the fact that obviously you work incredibly well together, but also you've also restraint each other so you've almost because you're filtering each other's thoughts in a way and bouncing off each other you've taught yourself to be a bit more restrained and therefore that's actually allowed you to be a bit more creative do you think that's a fair sort of assumption to make chase i might start with you i say so marketing i know that if i had to do marketing i'll do it well because again creating food and being creative again being a creative entrepreneur you have to have that sense. You can't teach sense. That's the one thing that like you can't teach. Mm. But when I'm talking to Howen and he'll throw marketing ideas to me, and then what about we try in a this kind of direction or that kind of direction? And then by the time when we get the boys and girls who execute the marketing campaign or the videos or whatever, we are so ahead of 
just for people who hasn't owned their own business. And our vision is pretty much the same, right? We want to make it viral videos or we want to sell the product or we want to make a cool ass video or whatever. But I think the, the best part, what we do well is we're not show offs actually. Like we want our team to be a show off. We want our product to be shining. And even though right now we're branding it towards myself, which I guess I don't want to say I don't mind. I prefer it wasn't me, to tell you the truth. I actually like being in the back. But from, I don't know, like over 10 years, like I, I always been the face of my brands and my restaurants. And I just know that at the moment in time, there's no one who can do my job. But again, I am not showing off and oh my God, what the fuck? What are you doing here? Oh my God. <laughs> I assume you're not talking a bit to me, Chase. Darren, Darren, Darren just showed up. What the? Look at this guy. What the hell? <laughs> okay, sorry. It's okay. My other secret silent business partner just showed up. Oh, okay. Secret hell? and silent. But the thing is, but the thing is, but the thing is, I'm in Royal Pines in Gokos playing a pickleball competition and what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in the middle of a podcast. It's all it's live. Yeah, we should leave this yeah. we should I, leave this in. This would be hilarious. <laughs> are you my next opponent? It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> are you my next opponent? Oh my god. I'm actually like I, the referees can you wait one hour for my next match? Because like I literally said, can you wait one hour? Because I have work like at three or four. My, my tournament started at one. So the, my opponent's been probably waiting for me. Mm. I'll, I'll probably get crushed anyways. <laughs> anyways, we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Sorry, sorry for that distraction. That's okay. Oh, we might uh, use that bit where you go, oh my God, maybe Howen, you can use that in, in any kind of marketing. Howen, maybe if I go to you then, Howen... If you think about the, what you're teaching each other, like in regards with a restraint and bouncing each other, bouncing ideas off each other, are you thinking that's making you a better leader and a better entrepreneur moving forward? Leader, I guess a better team member. It'll be a better team member because a leader is sometimes the one that directs the idea and leads it and goes with that idea. But being a team member is putting ideas on the table, sharing it and executing it together. So the leader part, I would say no, but as a team member, you learn as a team player, play, playing a bigger part because obviously as we grow bigger, even for my Kowloon part as well, <clears throat> when we expand, the bigger it is, the more people has ideas. And if you don't actually have a chance for other people to talk about it, never know, it might, it might work. As Chase said, like anything might work on on ketchup. So we can definitely try that. I hate ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> As an entrepreneur, yeah, definitely. It's something that it gives like this whole situation is actually giving everyone like, what do you call it? Experience and a learning curve to learn more about how do we grow? So yeah, these are the... I guess, as I said, not a leadership thing, but more of a team player thing. Yeah, so we can execute it together. Love it. My final question to you both, I might start with you, Chase, if that's all right. Like, how are you leaving your mark or your legacy on the hospitality industry? Obviously, you're doing amazing things in the space that are truly innovative. Like, what kind of legacy are you trying to leave the industry right now? See, because 
I have the best job. I have the best team. And I got, I have to say, I have the best support too. So, I, honestly, I don't care about legacies and stuff like that. And I think I should care more. But I think what's going to happen is I will be able to create some new food one day with my team, with my like Howen and my chefs. And we're just going to accidentally create something amazing. And I feel that product is going to be eat, be eaten by people around the world. And that will be pretty sick, I think. I'll be, I want my kids to go, oh, that's my daddy's, I don't know, blah, blah, chocolate bar. Or that is my daddy's blah, blah, air fried this or that you see at Kohl's or Costco or I don't know. So I think like, I, we don't know yet. It might be the product that we have now already, but it might be something in the future that we create that it's just whatever brand it's going to be and people's going to be eating it and they don't even know it. It's like tissue. Like people call it Kleenex <laughs> now these days, right? No, it's actually <laughs> called tissue. But you did you know that you were using it since you were one years old, wiping your butt? No. Mm. Like someone someone created yep. it. Never ha- it wasn't available 50 or 100 years ago. And I think we will get there because that's our drive. We're so hungry to... How, how, forget the money. Let's create something cool. Let's create something delicious. So that's what we just are trying to do. Howen, do you have anything to add to that? That was a great response. Thank you. No, I think that was great. Yeah, as I said, as Chase said, like, <clears throat> it's not like a legacy, but having to create a brand that people can relate back like right now, I think that rice burger, when you think about it and when the next, or oh, in, in, in 10, five or 10 years, people remember, oh yeah, it was the Senpai burger that Chase created. That's something that we want mm. to tell people. Yes, we might not be the first ones, but hopefully we can be one that people can remember. Love it. Obviously there's yeah. be better ones every day. So we can't say we're the best, but if something people talk about in a category that they can categorize as you, as being the person, like for example, the last 12 years I've been categorized as the nightclub guy. So <laughs> yep. I guess that is not a legacy, but that's a branding that I've created for myself that I've done well enough for people to put me in that category. Yep. And that's why this is something that, yeah, exactly what Chase said, a brand that people next time when they talk about rice burgers or they talk about these hand rolls that he's got coming up or even another restaurant that we have in coming up a steakhouse that no one's ever done it in Sydney. Mm. They'll remember, Oh, that's the one that Chase and Howland did. They're very similar. <laughs> Cause obviously we got inspired by other people. Like <laughs> when people say they're the inventor or the creator of a particular thing, like that's just too much of being a God themselves. Yes. Cause obviously there's someone been there before. Yes. You can't say I'm the, you're copying me from this. It, someone might have done it before. It's just that they might not be well known, but can't always say you're the creator and always can't say you're the best because obviously every day there's someone doing better than you. Yep. So just having a mark there being branded as even for NBA, like Michael Jordan is obviously the best of the best, but obviously there's more people coming up. You will never, but at least when they think about that category, they'll think about you. Yep. So I guess that's the legacy. Yeah. Love it. LeBron is better. 
<laughs> oh, we're going to have arguments on this podcast. Oh, no. Le- LeBron, LeBron supports pickleball, so you know, I don't think Michael Jordan supports pickleball. <laughs> no, just baseball. Oh, yeah. Now, guys, as we head into the back end, the half, last half of 2023, like what are you guys working on to finish off the year and where can people find out some more information about what you guys are doing as well? Maybe Howard, if I could kick off with you. I've got Cullen Cafe Eastwood coming up. Hopefully, we are. We've got our pending date, twelfth of June. We're opening. We've got the Senpai Burger launching in both Chatswood and Burwood store on the first of June. We've got a revamp for our Chatswood and Burwood store. We've got an opening of the new Senpai Omakase shop happening in Chatswood. Hopefully, it will be done by October. We've got a huge restaurant coming up in in the CBD that we can't even give you a date yet because we don't even have a date. <laughs> and then obviously we've got a very big master plan of expanding both the Senpai brand and the Cowling brand. Firstly, we definitely going domestically. Hopefully Melbourne, Brisbane is something that we want to look at. Yep. And then internationally, which is hitting Asia for sure. Amazing. So I think that's from my part, but I think Chase has got a few more on top of that. On his I don't think so. That's a lot. That's a lot. I feel tired after listening to that. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, Chase is, because he's the guy who has to cre- the, create the idea, but I'm the operator, so I'm just like, I got two hands and two kids. And, uh, it's a little bit hard. <laughs> but, uh, Sokyo as well, yeah? Sokyo, the new Sokyo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got a couple of other things that I can't announce that I'm doing with the star, but uh, we got some pretty cool stuff coming up for that yeah but everything what Howen said on top i just want to talk a little bit about that that restaurant we're going to do it in cbd we're going to be spending a lot of money on this one but we're going to be going fine dining japanese steakhouse that no one's seen before especially in sydney maybe some parts of the world they might have this concept but think think OPM meets <laughs> Japanese fine dining restaurant, but it's a steakhouse. Watch out. Yeah, watch out. And yeah, it's off topic maybe, but like, again, I've been saying pickleball all night today or all day. I'm trying to do a, like a collaborate, <laughs> collaborate pickleball, chicken and pickles somewhere along the line. Howen is probably saying focus on food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very, I'm a very sports person. I believe in, being healthy so i get all my staff to play on their days off i play every day but i get my staff to play on their days off my marketing girls play howen plays everybody plays it's a beautiful sport and i just want to probably try to support that but again i think that's pretty much it chase could we touch on that just for a second i'm super interested because i've heard people talk about pickleball so much and paddle as well do you think that's a from a food and beverage perspective do you think that's a really interesting thing that could come through in the next couple of years like when we think about food and beverage around sports that people play like it must be a it must be an option that you could do a lot of creativity honestly pickleball changed my life it's so important in my life right now it's the massive most fastest growing sport in america maybe in the world it's the most actively played sports in america and probably around the world except for maybe soccer in brazil or whatever it's just a fantastic game to just get into like you can play for 10 minutes and you're addicted it's like that kind of sport it's it plays like tennis in a way tennis is very hard it's a lot more physical you need a lot of power 
but you need a lot of strength. With pickleball, you can be old, weak, and you can still in with even the better players. The better players will also enjoy playing with you. And what I'm thinking of trying to do is, again, incorporate it with hospitality. So I'm, again, at Royal Pines and Gold Coast representing Pacific Pickleball League. And we, not we, because I don't officially work for them. I'm more like a volunteer, but it's like a very new league where we try to get sponsors from big companies and paddles companies and we are hosting tournaments all around Australia so this one here I think we raised up to prize money of $10,000 and we are here from 25th to 29th so that's four days we have all these tournaments I actually am competing right now I lost my first match absolutely got crushed because I'm playing the opens but I don't care I'm here to win I'm here to support but again, the New South Wales Pickles secretary, her name is Deb, she would contact me to ask for marketing advice, um, food advice. I'm working on the side on that a little bit, and I'll be sponsoring some food for those type of events. But yeah, like I feel like in the next couple of years, it will get massive, I think, in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be in, in front of it. And again, like we have a lot of friends, and we have like, silent partners who's like developers and they're developing more and more tennis courts i'm just like hey look one tennis court you can build four pickleball courts what do you Mm -hmm. think and Mm -hmm. you want an empty tennis court or you want four pickleball courts that everyone's actively playing and i don't know that's all and i know we'll get there one day but i just love to be the underdog and just support because tennis is a fantastic sport everyone loves tennis there's a lot of money there and if i'm going to teach my kids how to play a sport it'll be golf because golf has the most money, but yes. at the same time, it'll be tennis. It'll be tennis. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I'll definitely be teaching them pickleball and having them teach really old people and young people. Like I donate myself to be playing with people who has Parkinson's disease mm-hmm. and come on, you cannot play tennis or it's almost dangerous to be doing things like that. But pickleball, they play and they're actually actively like, making their Parkinson effects lot less. So again, I love supporting the community. It changed my life. I lost, I don't know, more than five kilos, but it's all fat. And yes, I'm addicted to it too. But again, it's such a great sport that like, I don't want to, I don't run anymore. I do run, but I play pickleball rather than run because it's a lot more fun than going to the gym or running. 100%. So that's it. That's it. <laughs> Even how I'm placed. Can you believe it? I'm impressed. I'm impressed. <laughs> Even how, like, that, that, that says a lot. That says a lot. Yeah, now I'm interested, Chase. <laughs> no, oh, oh, oh. trust me, you got to try. Okay, <laughs> definitely. How and what's the best way that people can find out more about Senpai and everything you guys are doing? Uh, on Instagram, it's Senpai Concepts, S E P A I, and then Concepts. And most of the stuff we do, obviously, is branding around Chase as well. So Chase's Instagram is Chase Kojima. I'll spell it because he keeps saying my name wrong. (laughs) Uh, So my Instagram is Chase Kojima, C-H-A-S-E-K-O-J-I-M-A. Sorry, I have an American accent, so we say H, (laughs) not H. And then, again, the other Senpai Concepts is S-E-N-P-A-I concept i forgot if it was with the s and then howen 
H O you better you better. <laughs> my one is H O W I N C H U I Hound Choi. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are all linked up in the show notes of this podcast. So everyone who's listening can find out more about what you both are doing. Howen, Chase, thanks so much for your time. Man, thank, thank you, you so, much. so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Principal Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one. I definitely know I learned a hell of a lot today about two masterminds who are absolutely making waves in this industry. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. Obviously, we're a B2B podcast, so we need you to share along with those that you know. We'd really appreciate it. Until next week, stay well, everyone. Hospo is all about connection with your customers and your team. But what if your tools could also connect? That's where Square comes in. Square for Restaurants connects your front of house to your back of house, your team to their schedules, and connects new revenue streams with your marketing to reach new customers. Whether you have one location or many, Square has everything your business needs to connect your vision to reality. Learn more by visiting square.com slash restaurants.